بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله الكريم ما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولا تقتلوا أولادكم من إملاق نحن نرزقكم وإياهم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا مات الإنسان انقطع عنه عمله إلا من ثلاثة إلا من صدقة جارية أو علم ينتفع به أو ولد صالح يدعو له وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما نحل والد ولدا من نحل أفضل من أدب حسن أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين It is the desire of every parent that his child becomes the coolness of his eyes. And this interpretation of the coolness of our eyes, many a times we have certain aspirations for them and certain goals for them in their lives. But most of the time these aspirations and desires are the financial or the material security of our children. Yes, this is something natural in every parent that he wishes that his child be financially and materially secure in the future. But more important than this, our children should be the coolness of our eyes as far as they are fulfilling the obligations of Sharia, As far as being committed to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the teachings of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because that will bring true coolness to our eyes not only in this very world, but it will, be, it will be a means of coolness of our eyes in the hereafter as well. So when this should be our goal and our objective, it is obvious that we should make an effort in this regard to guide our children. As it is very beautifully said, that our children are our business. And the more effort you put into them, the greater the returns the greater the returns you will find in this world and in the hereafter as well. Many a times, with the emphasis that is put on circular education, on their schooling and their university, etc., then this mainly brings in them the concept and the importance of this world and the wealth of this world. So this may guarantee some financial security, and the parent has this hope that in the future my, sh- my child will be able to earn and he will be able to support himself financially. And when I get old and I am weak and no longer uh, able to earn, he will see to my needs as well. But when that true dini education and Islamic upbringing is not given to that child, then many a times Allah forbid the reality is the opposite. That the time when a parent requires his child the most, then the child is totally neglected. And this is a reality which is witnessed in the western countries, according to one of the researches that was conducted in the year 2008. America at that time had 1.8 million beds for the old, old and the elderly. That was the facilities, 1.8 million. And that was 2008. It is obvious that over time this would have increased drastically. And because of this very same concept, 
that when children are given the importance of worldly education and materialistic thinking, then when their parents are no longer a means to secure their material life, then now their parents are considered to be material burdens. Then they dump them in the old age homes and neglect their responsibilities. So it is important, as is guided in the hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has advised us, the greatest offshore investment that any person can put is his children. In the hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, إِذَا مَاتَ الْإِنسَانِ إِنْ قَطَعَ عَنْهُ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثَةِ That when a human being passes away, then there are three things, all his actions terminate, but three actions. All his deeds come to an end. Now, he's not able to do any good deed to earn a reward, to, to increase his reward and his virtue and his good deeds in the hereafter. But besides for three things, the first is sadaqatin jariyatin, where a person spends in charity and that reward continues to benefit people. For example, by a person donating to the construction of a masjid, the building of a well, a borehole, etc. So that is one. The second is knowledge through which others will be benefited. Dini knowledge through which others are benefited. That this person now, he, for example, he authors a book on Islamic knowledge, and that becomes a means of others taking benefit. So as long that he is taken benefit of from others, he will continue to receive the reward of it. And the third is, A pious child who makes dua to Allah for his parent. This is the greatest offshore investment, our children. That when we will invest in their deen, then we will find the benefit that time when we require it the most. And that is in the akhirat. In one, another hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned, مَا نَحَلَ وَالِدٌ وَلَدًا مِن نَحْلٍ أَفْضَلَ مِنْ أَدَبٍ حَسَنٍ That every parent desires to give his child the best. But if you have to ask us what is the best, then we would say the best of this world. But what was the definition given by Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? That no parent can give his child any gift better than good, good character and good habits. So imparting in him good qualities, good characteristics, giving the child a good Islamic upbringing, that is the best gift that any parent can give his child. Once Nabi Isa salam was traveling, and he passed by a place, and there was a grave situated there. So when he passed by this grave, he found the malaika of adab punishing this person, the inmate of this grave. After some time, he happened to return and pass by the very same grave. On this occasion, when he passed by, he found that the malaika, the angels of mercy, had thronged to that grave, and this person was enjoying the ni'mat and the bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So amazed at this, Nabi Isa salam stops by, he performs two rakat salah, and he makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that, oh Allah, this very same person, after some time I have passed by, previously he was experiencing the punishment of Allah, and now he is enjoying these benefits, and the malaika of mercy are at his grave. What is the wisdom behind this? 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed Nabi Isa alayhi salam that this person was, an, was a very evil person and he would disobey me. But when he passed away, then he left behind a wife and that wife was pregnant with a child. And when this child grew of age, the mother then admitted this child into the maktab. And the first day this child came to the maktab was the day you happened to pass by this grave. And the ustaz, the teacher had taught this child to recite Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then informed Nabi Isa alayhi salam that, O oh Isa, istahyaytu min abdi. I felt ashamed of my servant that I will punish him while he's within the ground. And on above this ground, his child is taking my name and imploring me. I felt hard and therefore I withheld the punishment and I saved him from the punishment. It was the statement of the pious people of the past that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intended to punish any nation, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would see first whether there are children who are learning the knowledge of deen and are reciting the Quran in that locality. And because of the blessings of the children learning the Quran Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would withhold the punishment. So this children learning the knowledge of deen and learning how to recite the Quran is a means of holding back the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is on an individual level. For ourselves, our children are learning. It's a means of salvation of the punishment of the fire of Jahannam. And also on a higher scale, protecting that locality from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the blessings of these sinless children learning the Qur'an Kareem and learning the knowledge of deen. In the past, in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa this was the thing that was given utmost importance. The primary education and the knowledge of deen. Therefore we find that when any group of people would accept Islam or any, when any individual had accepted Islam, then first Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would entrust him to someone or entrust a sahabi to that group to teach them the basics of the knowledge of deen. And therefore we find the incident, the famous incident of the acceptance of Islam of Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu that he had come to the home of his sister and Khabbab ibn al-Arat radiallahu anhu was teaching his sister and his brother-in-law how to recite the Qur'an. As this was the early stages of Islam, and that brought his curiosity, and that became a means of him accepting Islam. So this primary education and knowledge became the means of Umar radiallahu anhu, this great Sahabi, accepting Islam because of this. Then, when the Ansar, when the small group of Ansar, approximately 12 Sahaba, had come to the valley of Aqaba, to pledge at the hands of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and accept Islam, during the months of Hajj. So when this group of 12 people returned to Medina Munawwara and began to make an effort amongst their people, after some time they sent a message to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa requesting that he send to them someone who will teach them regarding the fundamentals of their deen. Thus we find Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sent Musa ibn Umayr radiallahu anhu to Medina Munawwara to educate and to teach the people of Medina Munawwara. 
So therefore, he is known as the first teacher of, of Medina Munawwara. Even before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa arrival, Musa ibn Umayr radiallahu anhu was given the responsibility to teach the knowledge of deen to the people of the Ansar. And like this, throughout the different eras, in the stage of, in the life of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa when any people or any group would accept Islam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would send a sahabi, a learned person, to educate them, to teach them the basics of the knowledge of deen. So this continued in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and in the khilafat of, of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, that there was no formal system of ta'aleem, of teaching the children the basic knowledge of deen. But as per the need, they would educate the people and teach the, the children, etc. However, in the era of Azra Umar anhu, he formally set, down, set up a, a timetable for the teaching of the knowledge, for teaching the children the basic knowledge of deen. Amir ibn Abdullah al-Khuzai, one of the tabi'een, he was given the responsibility by Azra Umar anhu to teach the children. And Umar anhu would see to his salary and would pay him from the public treasury. And his responsibility was merely to teach the children. And then later on, initially, the children would be taught the entire day. Then Umar anhu then set a time, that from the time of Fajr until mid-morning, and from Zuhr until Asr, and in between they would have a break, and afterwards they would have a break. Similarly, later on, Umar anhu then also selected the day of Jum'ah to be the holiday for the children, where the children would not have to come to learn. So this became a formal system, and a structured system in the time of Azra Umar anhu, where we find that this basic and this fundamental education and primary education of deen was now emphasized and put into place. And like this, this remained the system throughout history. We find Imam Bukhari Rahmatullahi, the very great muhaddis, the very great scholar of hadith, he himself mentions on one occasion, he says, Ulhim to hadith wa ana fil kuttab. I was inspired to memorize and to further the science of hadith while I was in maktab. So the student asked Imam Bukhari rahimahullah, that what age were you at that time? So he says, I was the, at the age of 10 or less. And then he says, from that time onwards, I then began to sit in the, the gatherings of hadith of Imam Dakhili rahimahullah and others. So nevertheless, that time, that primary education became the means of inspiration for this great scholar of deen, who became a great scholar in hadith, and became a means of many people learning the knowledge of hadith. And also became a means of preservation of the knowledge of hadith. Then in the time of Umar anhu, he would instruct Amir ibn Abdullah, that when you teach the children, then those who are weak, they should be, you should write on a slate and show it to them and teach them in this manner. And those that are weaker, they should be taught verbally. Shaykh al-Hind Rahmatullahi, the very great scholar of the Darul Ulum, Dioban, in one era, when the whole effort was being made to establish the Khilafat in India and the fight against the British. So because Shaykh al-Hind Rahmatullahi was involved in trying to establish the Khilafat and to oust the British from India, 
So therefore he was imprisoned for four long years in the torturous prison of Malta. So when Shaykh Ulin Rahmatullahi was now released from prison after four years, then a very great gathering of ulama and learned people gathered at the time of Isha in the Darul Uloom. And many people wished to learn and to hear the advices that would be shared on this occasion after four years. What would he advise the people? What advice would he give? So Shaykh Ulin Rahmatullahi mentioned that in my entire time in the prison, I began to reflect and ponder what was the cause of the downfall of the Muslims throughout the globe. That what was the means and the cause of them suffering this problem and difficulty. So he says, after pondering and reflecting for this entire duration, Allah inspired me that there are two main causes for the downfall of the Muslims. He says, the first is them neglecting the Qur'an. Whether it be the recitation of the Qur'an, the learning of the Qur'an, in other words, the primary ta'aleem and the teachings of the Qur'an. And the second is because of their fighting amongst each other, because of their infighting. This has created and caused their downfall. And then he mentioned that when I came to know of these two causes, I have made a firm resolve. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala releases me from here, I will make and direct all my efforts to preserve these two things. To make an all-out effort to prevent people fighting with each other, Muslims fighting with each other, this infighting. This petty quarreling. I will make an all-out effort to prevent this. And the second is to instill the teachings of the Qur'an within people. And by this, firstly, I will, I will establish makatib and maktab throughout the country. In the various villages. So that the children can learn the knowledge of the Qur'an. And the basic knowledge of deen. And together with this, to establish the classes of tafsir. The lessons of tafsir. Of the explanation of the Qur'an. So that we can learn the Qur'an and practice on the Qur'an. So it is the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And perhaps this is something unique to the ummah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That Allah has given us this ability to learn the various sciences of, the, of this deen of Islam. Whether it be the knowledge of the Qur'an, the knowledge of fiqh, the knowledge of hadith. And the knowledge of the adab, the akhlaq, the etiquettes, how should we conduct and behave, the knowledge of Islamic history. All these basic aspects of deen are taught and are instilled within children from a young age. So this is something unique. Perhaps no other religion has this, where the children have the knowledge of their deen from a young age. So this is a great favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then when it comes to the Quran itself, being able to recite the Qur'an in the same language that it, that it had been revealed 14, more than 1400 years ago. This indeed is a great sign of the preservation of the Qur'an. If a person has to take, he has to find out, and he would come to know that there are perhaps not even 1% of people who can read their scripture in its original language. But the Muslims, they are so vast in number that it cannot even be counted. It's not even possible to be counted. So this is the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And more specifically, it is the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this country that Allah has put and has made the system so firm and so strong 
that we find that the children learn these elementary aspects from a very young age. So when this is the great bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us, and specifically in this country, just for us to understand that how strong the system and the syllabus we have, that people from other countries, even people from other Arab countries, come to our country to learn this maktab system, and then to implement it in their countries. So this is the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the effort of our early and senior ulama that they had brought about such a system. So the appreciation for this great bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be that we ensure that our child attends that maktab. And we ensure that our children diligently learn and benefit from the system. One is our children many a times are not attending Muslim schools. And if, even if they are attending Muslim schools, the time dedicated to Islamic education is very minimal. And something very, very less. And sometimes when children are not even, not even, edu- they're not even going to Muslim schools, and they are going to Christian schools, and they are not given this basic education on deen, Allah forbid later on these ideologies and these mindsets then come into them. Then Allah forbid you will see them saying statements like that of Christians, and some things which are jeopardizing the iman. So this is something very important that we ensure that our children, they go to this, these makatib and they attend these maktabs. And we should give it the full time and the full right. Many a times what happens is our children attend the maktab. But when the time comes for some other activity, some extracurricular activity or some tuition, then the child is now removed for that extracurricular activity. And because of this, the knowledge of deen is affected. Also sometimes the child only attends for a very short period, up to the age of 11, 12, when he is now barely getting the understanding, the basics of deen. So it's important that right to the senior years of education, they continue with this maktab and learning this, these important aspects of our deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to instill in our children the correct ways and the correct morals and the correct ways of Islam. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين